And I love what Pastor Chris said. I love it so much. I love it more than 100%. Discover personally how the Word of God can affect and make a change in your life through the ministry of Pastor Chris Ross. Pastor Chris is the founder of Breakthrough Ministries International Church with multiple branches in South Africa and abroad. He is a healing evangelist for the Jesus the Answer Outreach Ministry, an outreach crusade bringing healing, deliverance and breakthrough to many people. Breakthrough Ministries International is a vibrant church with young, energetic people full of zeal and fire for the Lord. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast channel to receive new messages every week. Now, let's listen to Pastor Chris.
Hallelujah. Amen. Are you ready for the word of God? Amen. Now, last week, Pastor shared powerfully on a beautiful message called the word of my patience. Did you enjoy the word last week? It was so beautiful. He said that if God has made a promise to you, it may take a while, but it, he will make sure he brings it to pass. Amen. It may take a few years. It may take weeks, it may take months, but God will make sure he brings his world to pass. And now this week we are expecting even something much special and better. So this morning I want you all to rise to your feet. Put your hands together with much excitement as we welcome to the platform my father in the Lord, God's servant, Pastor Chris. Please put your hands together as we encourage you. In the night time, I will trust you in the day. Lord, I'll trust you every moment of the way. I'll trust you in the night time. I will trust you in the day. Lord, I'll trust you. Trust you. I'll trust you in, in the, the night time. I will trust you in the day. Lord, I'll trust you every moment of the way. Hallelujah. Lift your hands. How many of you love the Lord? The Lord can be trusted. Amen. Our friends can't always be trusted. Our family can't always be trusted. But the Lord can be trusted in the nighttime, in the daytime. The Bible says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. Sometimes you feel God is far from you. But you can just mention the name. If you mention the name of Jesus, then He's there, right there. At that very moment that you mention His name. Amen. So as the hills around Jerusalem, the Lord is always around these people. You must just call on Him. He said in Jeremiah 33 verse 3, If you call unto me, eh, I will show you great and mighty things which you knoweth not. So lift your voices and say with me, I trust you in the night time. I will trust you in the day. Lord, I'll trust you every moment of the way. I'll trust you in the night time. I'll trust you in the night time. I will trust you in the day. Lord, I'll trust you every moment of the way. I'll trust you, I'll trust you in the night time. I will trust you in the day. Oh Lord, I'll trust you every moment of the way. As hills around Jerusalem, as hills round Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds you, Lord. Oh, I'll trust you. I shall never be moved. As hills around Jerusalem, 
as hills round Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His own. Oh, I'll trust You. I cannot ever be moved. I trust You in the night, Lord. I'll trust You in the night time. I will trust You in the day, Lord. I'll trust You. Every moment, one more time, I'll trust you in the night. I'll trust you in the night. I'll trust you in the night time. I will trust you in the day. Lord, I'll trust you every moment of the way. Hallelujah. Just give the Lord some thanks through your lips, your mouth. Your hands lifted. You see, the, the place of gathering is the place to worship Him. We worship Him and we love Him. We give Him our adoration and our praise. We are, we are not just spectators that have come to, to see a show. We have come to give our sacrifice of praise unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's pray to Him, the one who deserves our prayers, our sacrifices. Give Him thanks. Pray in the Spirit. For what you have done, Lord, we are forever thankful. For what you have done, we are forever grateful. For what you are going still to do, we give you praise, we give you praise, we give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the blessings, the blessings of the heavens above, the blessings of the dew, the blessings of the bread, the blessings of the oil. We receive multiple blessings. How great is the Lord and how worthy is He to be praised. How great is our God, how great is our God, how great is the Lord. Lift your hands and give Him thanks, saints. Don't, don't get tired. Lift your decibels. Give Him thanks. The Lord is worthy of praise. What has the Lord done for you? What has the Lord done for you? What is the Lord still going to do for you? How great is our God Sing with me How great is our God Oh, we'll say how great How great is our God Great is our God. How great is our God. Please sing with me. How great is our God. Then all will see how. How great is our God, how great 
você. Is our God is the name above all names lifted on your voices the name above all names hallelujah you are so worthy of my prayer oh my heart will sing how great It's the name above all names. Oh Lord, the name above all names. You are worthy of all praise. Oh, my heart will sing how great is our God. How great is our God! How great is our God! How great is our God! Oh, sing with me! How great is our God! And all will see! And all will say how great, how great is our God. And all will say how great, how great is our God. Then sings my soul, my Savior God. To thee, how great thou art! How great thou art! This is my soul, my Savior God. Consider all, yes I do long, all the words I have made. I see the stars, I see the stars. Blessed Jesus, I hear the rolling thunder, the rolling thunder. The whole 
shall come then Christ shall come hallelujah with shouts of acclamation with shouts of acclamation it's coming to take you home oh what joy will fill my heart my heart Then I will bow, oh yes Lord I will, in humble adoration, and there I proclaim, oh yes, my God. my soul Oh. Uh-huh. 
Give the Lord the praise that He deserves. Give the Lord the glory that He deserves. When you see the stars, It's an awesome wonder. All the things your hand has made. How great is the Lord. How great is the Lord. man that thou must be mindful of it when I consider the works of thy hands the moon the stars the sun in the sky we ask ourselves how great is God how great is God and Lord, this morning we've come to give you our adoration and our praise, knowing very well that we are but mere mortals and you are God eternal. We bring you worship, praise, adoration. We glorify your name because you have done great things for us. You are fairer than the lily in the valley, than the bright and the morning star, the rose of Sharon. We worship you. We lose ourselves in you. We enjoy your presence, Lord. Yes. Makanta. May the heavens open. And let blessing come down on us. Let the blessings descend on us. Tala Moshe Teta Tata. 
Your name be praised. Your name be praised. Your name be glorified. The Holy Spirit is here and we allow the Holy Spirit to touch the lives of people. We allow the Holy Spirit. And if you also want to be touched by the Spirit, you must forget about yourself and the people next to you and say, Lord, touch me too. His presence is here. His presence is wonderful and beautiful. In the presence of Jehovah, there is a lot of great things. We welcome the Holy Spirit. He's welcome. Many people need healing. Many people need deliverance. Bolts of lightning, electricity shocks will go through your body. Yes, a positive chance will send a shock through your body. Is all I ever need. Is all you'll ever need. That's Jesus. Yes. He enjoys your worship. He, he wants you to worship Him. We worship no foreign gods. We worship only Him. Think it not strange that the people worship Him in this way. Think it not strange. <laughs> the Paracletos is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. You are welcome, Lord. Come. all I need <laughs> I don't need money I need God Jesus is all I ever need who oh, is all that I need yes. all that I need Jesus is all I need He's all that I need the Holy Spirit is here is all 
Jesus is all I need. I need him now. Oh, I need him right now. Jesus is all that I need. Beautiful Savior. Oh, I need, I need him now. And I need him now. Jesus is all. And I love him. Yes, I love him. Because he first and he purchased my salvation there on Don't get tired of worshiping him. He enjoys your worship. Say with me, your hands uplifted. I love him. Oh, yes, we do. And I love him because he first loved And he purchased This is the essence of your being and your existence. That your salvation was bought at Calvary. You cannot forget it. You must not forget. That's why we love him. Because he first loved us. Because he first loved us. Say it one more time. Say, I. Jesus first loved and deeper 
Such a smile. That's why Jesus is the sweetest name I know. And he's just the same. Oh, yes, he is. Just like his holy name. That's the reason why I love him so. Jesus. Say it one more time. Jesus is the sweetest name. He's the sweetest name that I know. And he's just the same. Hallelujah. As his holy name. Now that's the reason why I love him so, my precious Jesus, for Jesus is the sweetest name. Let the music display. You bow your heads. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We thank God for His presence. Amen. There is nothing like His presence. You must, you must cherish the presence of God when it comes to you. 
to walk with you in the cool of the day. All burdens go away. All troubles vanish with the presence of the Lord. We give Him praise and we give Him thanks. Hallelujah. This morning I want to share something with you. I hope I can be short. We have another service here today, the baptism service, and we all look with excitement to the 50. Jedre Ross, I don't know if she's here. How many souls are we baptizing? Five, four. Is that Maria's people also? Okay. 54 of our own BMI people. Clap for the Lord. And that service will start at three. We have load shedding at four, so we will come into this auditorium at three o'clock, and then we have a short praise and worship session, and I will have a sh I give you a short explanation on baptism, just so that we all are clear. Amen. The, probably the main point on baptism is that you don't have to be ready to be baptized. It's a myth, and it is a misconception. That many people have this idea, they're not ready to be baptized. <laughs> it's so wrong. It's so wrong, so wrong. When I ask you, why are you not baptized? I feel not ready. It's not a feeling. It is what you must do. It's like salvation. You, you're not ready to be saved? If you're ready to be saved, then you don't need to be saved. You are saved because you need salvation. You are baptized because you need baptism. Are you with me? So you must never have this mind. What we should actually do, once you give your life to Christ here, yeah, we must take you straight to the pool. Straight. Right. Amal van jylle wat jylle harte vir die Heere gaan nabereid die uit. Daar is handdoeke vir jylle. Because that is what John the Baptist did. As they said they want to receive Christ, he said, come into the water. And be baptized. This is a, it's a, it's a false and a unbiblical notion that now that you are born again, now you must be ready to be baptized. You'll never be ready. We can't be ready. We are full of sin. Amen. Full of mistakes. You must leave it to Jesus to fix you. Let him fix it for you. You can't fix yourself. Nobody can fix himself. Otherwise, you don't. Jesus said, I come for the sick. I didn't come for the perfect people. So just get it straight, all right? But if you want to be baptized today, we don't have gowns for you. We only have 54 gowns. Then we must have another baptism next week. But the way our church is geared, it is possible that you can be baptized any Sunday. So if you feel you want to be baptized one Sunday, you feel pressed, you, you, then you just say, Pastor, I want to be baptized. I'll send Pastor Derek, and they will go to, to the pool, and he'll baptize you. Amen. There are some churches that have that system. They just take you immediately, because we have a pool. Hallelujah. So I, I invite you all to come. You know, I know I'm saying this, and I know that everybody will not be able or will not come. But if you really love God and His things, then this is, a, this is an event you shouldn't miss.
babies are being born into the kingdom. Imagine that you made somebody pregnant and you don't, you're not there when the baby is born. The mother never forgives you for that thing. It's the same with baptism. We have many children that will be born into the kingdom. So we want you to attend. Amen. Then I've got some more good news is that I was actually reminded by one of my East London members that we have a fast and pray every January, uh, December, I'm so sorry. December, short one, because we do about three of these uh, collective, corporate is the right word, corporate fastings. January long, mid-year, shorter, and then December, a fast one. So I wasn't sure how long you want to fast. Anybody has an idea? We normally do three days in December. It's good for you to stay always fast, always fast. Make it a regular Christian practice. For some of us, it's easy because we are always, we live a fasted life. Amen. So I was thinking, we do five days or three days. What do you say? Are you ready for fasting? Who likes fasting? I, I don't like fasting. Let me tell you. I, don't I like eating. Amen. That's why fasting is a sacrifice. You must put away what you eat. All right. But this is what I thought. We do three days of fasting this week. Three days of fasting. I give you a choice. You need to fast. You really need to fast. And pray in the same time that you're fasting. Those that's going to fast for three days, you will eat only one meal in the day. Amen. If you're sick, you are excluded. Any sick people or people on tablets, we are not including you. You, you take your tablets and you eat whatever porridges you must eat. Don't, don't come tell the doctor it's your pastor who made you sick. Sick people are not included. Tablet people, eat, eat, your, eat your course. Eat your course. <laughs> Those that can fast. Three days. You have the choice of three days, one meal a day. Or you just do one day. And you eat nothing for that whole day till the next day. That's the way we fasted some time ago. Three days, nothing. We start the Sunday night. The next meal is Wednesday night. There's a lot of them that know that we fast. The older you get, the less you can fast because your body is not so strong. So I'm training some of you. Let me take the pastors rather and the elders. We will fast one full day. Nothing. Don't walk past the fridge. Don't walk past anything. And take the time with your Bible and pray. Will you do that? But for the others, that's not so strong. For three days, we only eat one meal in the night. or Whenever you want to eat, but only one meal. And you only have one hour break. Do you understand what we mean by one hour break? You don't eat from 6 o'clock and then up till 12 o'clock. No. It's 6 o'clock and 7 o'clock, no more food. Till tomorrow, 6 o'clock. Is that okay? You can manage. And when you fast, the fleshly appetite that you have for Christmas is going off you. This, this, this love for not coming to church, it starts to get weaker. And just going for parties. This is a time when many weak Christians fall back into sin. They drink wine with their families and beers. 
and I don't know if they smoke, but maybe that thing that makes, what is that thing with a pipe? They vapor, yeah, they vapor. Like a car whose gasket is blown. Christians are not supposed to do such things. Amen. If you're struggling with cigarettes, we will pray for you. We trust God to deliver you. But it's not something that you must be proud of. Go and smoke. Take a dachapul. Drink kasa lager. No, 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 no. We don't. There must be a difference between the Christian and the world. Amen. So that's enough on prayer and fasting. We start tomorrow. If you have your one day full, then you are free. You choose which day you want to do in this week. Amen. One day full. If not, then you must do three days. It's a good challenge, isn't it? Yeah, we'll share Holy Communion. And then we will also take another special offering. These are all my notes. Do you like the new tiles? You can't see now. Some of you can't see. So after the service, I invite you to come. To have a look, we have started now, and then by next week, I'm sure, the front will be done, and that will be done. Most, most of the work will be done by next weekend. Most. There might be small additions that we want to do. But we thank God. We've come far. And those people who gave donations last week, you really helped us. Because we could buy more cement, pay the tilers, and the work is going on. Clap for all those who gave a donation. We are getting excited. Last night we sat here very late because we almost don't want to go home. There's a lot of people who come here on a Saturday to come to Yarp to clean this church. Every Saturday for this whole year. I'm, I said I want to take them all with me for a dinner that I will pay for because I feel so, so I appreciate them so much. Some of these ladies didn't go to shop one Saturday from the morning prayer six tonight at 7 they stay here we, we just worked 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 you are enjoying the hard labor of some of the people next to you ask the neighbor is it you I, I just want to thank you if it's you I just want to thank you tell your neighbor I just want to thank you if it's you I just want to thank you it's nice just move your feet you feel there's no more dust the little dust is only because we're still mopping this floor we mop mop even Pastor Cyril, I sent it on the chat. This was the first time that he took a mop on this floor. A new mop. And the mop got such a shock, the mop even broke. Because the mop is not used to him. He normally plays the keyboard, but this time we said, you must also mop the floor. Amen. I want to talk to you about something very important because I want you to be blessed and to prosper. Amen. I don't know what to call my sermon, um, but really it's about God opening windows of heaven for you. Hallelujah. There are two types of people sitting in this church. Must I tell you what are the two types? It's not a racial issue, colors, blacks, or whites. No, no, no. It's a different type I'm talking about. The type I'm talking about is you're either sitting next to a tither or a non-tither. I repeat, so you can understand me clearly. You are sitting next to a tither or a non-tither. 
And if you agree, then you say, yes, there are two types of people in the church. And I'm now not also giving a, what we call middle ground. Middle ground means there are some who almost tithe, but they maybe give 7%, 5%, 2%. No, that's not tithe. I'm talking about tithers and non-tithers. So you say, Pastor, those who tithe a little, where do they fall? No, they fall in the non-tithers category. Come on. And as I've told you many times before, I really love to see you being blessed. Now we have, this message is not going to be long, I hope not, because I've asked a few people to, to preach with me this morning and to say, to, to affirm that my teaching to you is true. Amen. Now, unfortunately, when I grew up, the church that I attended didn't teach us on tithing, like I'm speaking to you now. Because tithing becomes, uh, my message today is on tithing. Tithing becomes almost like because of the aggression of the crowd and the, uh, the popularity for not giving tithes, it's almost like a sermon pastors don't really want to address. Are you with me? Because of the accusation and the false rumors that the churches take people's money and all these things. That's what very few churches outrightly speak to you about the importance of tithing. They only, when they take up the money, maybe for the offering time, then there's a five-minute thing. You think Pastor Charlie must quickly uh, try and uh, convince you to give of your monies. It's not like that at all. And I'm not expecting any money from you today while I'm teaching. I want you to understand why God developed the tithe so that I can see you being a prosperous and a blessed person. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I don't want to see your money, no. I want to see you blessed. So I want the windows of heaven to open over above you. And one of the great ways to heaven, when, when, the, when the windows are open, then, then blessings fall. Amen? Now, I don't know if you know that the, window, the heavens can also be brass. Yeah. There's a scripture in the Bible that talks about when the, when the, when the heavens become brass. Niks val vir jou uit die jimmel uit nie. Die jimmel is soos ister, geroeste ister wat die oor jou kop is. Are you hearing me? But there is more than one way, but this way that I want to help you with this morning is a way for you to open the windows and, and, and actually have open heavens. Have you heard this term before? Open heavens. I, I heard a lot of pastors preach about it. I've never preached about it before, but I've also said, yeah, I've also heard people talk about open heavens. Now, look at this verse in Deuteronomy 28, 23. And the heaven that over the head shall be brass, and the earth under you shall be iron. Yeah. This is a, the Lord speaking to His people and cursing them. And nothing works for a, such a person. They said, he's a bad luck person. They will not show a person Amen. I was uh, in Ghana some time ago and I, heard an, and I heard a Nigerian pastor preach. And then I did some research into the Nigerian pastors and I realized that they are the, probably the most blessed pastors today in the world. 
Now, one of the things that they really emphasize in the churches is giving and tithing. Let's not talk about giving. Let's talk about tithing. Tithing. And then I heard one of God's great servants called David Ayedepo say this, that he said, there's no discussion on prosperity where he's concerned. Because God said to him, there's no shortcut for prosperity. There's only one way. Sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. The law of the seed and the harvest. Amen? The law of the harvest. Sowing and reaping and you will prosper. Glory to God. Would you like to prosper? Now, I was just thinking many things. I think many things. Do you also think? It's good to think. Amen? So I thought, I wonder if I must preach this morning and divide the church into two sections and say the tithers come sit this side and the non-tithers that side because my message is for both sections. But I thought, no, let's not do that this morning. Let the Lord not put such a strain on the people. Because some will come to the tithing section and they're really not tithers. Isn't it? So remain just there where you are. Tell your neighbor, you, you're safe, you're safe, you're safe, you're safe. So we want to look at quickly, and this is a teaching for you. Amen? Teaching on prosperity. We believe, this church believes in prosperity. We don't believe in poverty. We believe in prosperity. So I don't want to learn how to become poor. I want to learn how to become rich. Anybody? Now, listen to me carefully before I get to the teaching. You have family members and you have friends that, that are Christians and they belong to other churches. All right? And a lot of people who don't tithe, they, they are uh, promoters or protagonists. Is there something, is there a word like, they, they, they promote that tithing is not biblical. Are you with me? You get a, a lot of people. Now, number one, they are not tithers. So a non-tither will want to make a re, give you an excuse why you must not give your tithe. To the Lord. You have a, a lot of them and they, they, they think they're very clever. They actually spend a lot of time trying to convince you not to give your tithe to God's house. And that tithing is not a, 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 a New Testament principle. Do you know someone like that? You should because they are all over. They are the stingy people who don't want to give to God. And you see, they are not blessed. I mean, there's a, there's a clear similarity between such a person and not being blessed. They're not blessed people. And they want you also not to be blessed. So they come up with lies. The devil is the father of lies. Don't forget, eh? So we, they come up with stories and that say, the pastors will not yell at the Oh, such nonsense, you see? But they don't, when you struggle and you, you have difficulty, they're not there to help you. But they are clever speaking people. In the book of James, the Bible calls them clouds without rain. 
Yeah. And le- let me tell all of you so that you know, never be afraid of somebody coming to attack a teaching that you have received. Here's the problem. If you don't understand your teaching, the teaching that you receive here clearly, you can't defend yourself. So somebody else comes and says, the Bible says, I said, oh, oh. but if you know your, the Bible, and if you know what I'm saying to you today, you can clearly reprimand someone. Is it true, Sister Bell? She was with me the other day when someone tried to convince me that you don't have to attend the church. <laughs> I first let him speak a little finish. No, not to rush because I must first now discern what type of person I'm dealing with. So I'm not surprised by what he say because I'm fully convinced. You see, what you hear often will become your persuasion. What you hear often becomes your persuasion. What, what is your persuasion later becomes your belief system. Uh-huh. So you believe. I fully believe that a man must go to church. So this man's new, new message to me won't shake me at all. I don't doubt what I believe because I'm persuaded by the constant hearing of the word. Are you with me? It's because of your lack of constant hearing the word, you can't defend the gospel. Sister Byrne was standing next to me. I was actually going to give it to, to Byrne and to Roland, but I was afraid that I don't know how, how weighted they are. The Lord gave me a message that I'm hesitant to preach, but I'll wait for the right time. It talks about how much do you weigh? The message is, how much do you weigh? How much do you weigh? The Lord gave me the message clearly when Daniel had to reveal the writing on the wall to the, the king Belshazzar. And he said, this writing says, you have been weighed in the balance of God and you have not been found weighty. Says Zij is die kracht. Zij is die krachtdraad van die Heere nie. Zij sal veer in Godse oor. What makes a Christian weighty? One who knows the Bible. One who knows the scriptures. What can then defend the gospel? Tini, tini, mikkel, ipasen. You have been weighed on the scales of God. And you have been found wanting. Tonight... Your life will be taken from you. Ek hou hy boodskap, ek gaat om erens gooi. Misschien gaat sy nie daar wees. Yeah. I don't need to go to church. I can sit at home and please serve God. Because a lot of the people who go to church, they are hypocrites. Isn't that what they say? <laughs> They walk past you, they don't greet you. They are only defending their laziness, their incorrectness. So they come up with all types of stories. And you mustn't be shocked. You must be weighty enough to tell the person, the Bible says, do not neglect the gathering of the saints of God. Do not neglect it. Amen. Anyway, that's not my message. 
Here's my message to you. Hosea chapter 8 verse 7. Here's a little book we have at the back. And <clears throat> a lot of the teaching I'm doing is come from this book called Why Christians, Why Non-Christians Become Poor and How Tithing Christians Can Become Rich. <clears throat> now one of the stories behind this book is, if you don't know, this is the only book out of the 70 books that Bishop Daguerre Mills wrote that the Lord spoke to him clearly and said, write a book on tithing. This is what he tells me and all of us who listen to him. None of the other books was like a clear voice because he didn't want to write anything on money because of this people's apprehension towards money. But he said, God said to him, the Holy Spirit, clearly a voice, write on tithing so that my people can prosper. Amen. Hallelujah. And my church did me a great disservice many years ago by not teaching us tithing. I told my wife, we were not taught. It was spoken of very lightly. Just like, don't offend the people. You know, just, it is one of the most important things in the life of a believer. And, you, and, and, and people don't want us to teach the church, but we will teach the church. And the church will prosper. Hallelujah. I see this being a very prosperous church. Prosperous. We, we shall be able to do many things. We won't loan money anywhere. We won't take loans. No. You see, tithing is obedience to God. God in His great wisdom already organized for the church not to be a bigger institution. Are you listening? And God said, this is my system. All the believers will bring a tithe to the storehouse. And after that, they'll be sufficient to build churches, to pay pastors, to give to the widows, to give to the orphans, to give to the fatherless, the widows, the poor. The only reason why most churches can't serve the poor, can't serve the widows, can't have more full-time staff, it's because of the disobedience of the children of God in the house of God. This is the same thing that happened to Nehemiah when he returned to rebuild the walls. He looked for the priests, and the priests were busy farming in the fields. Then he asked them, but why have you neglected the house of God? Because you have failed to bring the first fruits to the, to the kingdom. So the pastors had to leave their work and go and become farmers in the field. He said, Nehemiah, I'll give you the scripture if I can while we go along. Hallelujah. So, God's wisdom is above our wisdom. If we all obey God, I would not be even standing here like I'm going to do later and call for more offerings to finish the tiling. There's no, there's no. Bishop Dag said one day he went to preach in a church and uh, he was, gonna, he, he was wondering why the pastor doesn't take an offering in the church. So the pastor said, no, no. He asked the pastor, must I take the offering for you? Bishop Dag is great in offering. So the pastor said, no, 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 no. We don't take offerings here. Are you listening to me? Would you like to go to that church? The pastor said, we don't take offerings here. He was surprised. But when he came closer, the pastor said, no. 
We don't take any offerings. All the people here, they are tithers. So monthly, whenever it's organized that they bring their tithe or they send their tithe. So there's no need for offerings and more money to make up uh, the shortfall, the shortfall. There's no shortfall here. We have sufficient like God intended it to be. The church is not a bigger institution. Now they came up with slogans in England, as poor as a church mouse. Have you heard that one? You know why? The, the church is the poorest, is commonly perceived to be a poor place. And the mouse who, who eat from the church, they poor. Because there's not a lot of leftovers in the church. Alles is opgeëerd, jong. Now they say as poor as a church mouse. There are many mice in the world, but the poorest mouse is the one found in the church. Forgive! Hosea 8 verse 7. I'm teaching you today why non-tithers become poor. Hallelujah. For they have sown the wind, and they shall reap the whirlwind. It has no stalk. The bud shall yield no meal. If so, it, if so be it yield, the strangers will swallow it up. Put it in the NLT, Pevin, please. Non-tithers, I was going to put you one side, but now you are different. You are all over, so I'm talking to you. Okay. Don't be angry with me. Look, you, you can either have your belief why you don't tithe or some reason, but just listen, I'm talking to you. And if you are tither, then you will, you will actually like this message. Are you with me? It's like this. If, if you come to church regularly and I say, I'm going to preach that people must come to church regularly, you will jump up and shout. Because you are regular, isn't it? Yeah. Now it's the same with tithing. If I say, I'm going to preach now to the non-tithers, I'm not sure that tithers is not offended, is it? It's those non-tithers that don't like the message. Huh? Listen to this, so beautiful, and I don't want to rush. They have planted the wind. Who's they? The non-tithers. What have you planted? Remember, everything living is, is comes from a seed. Are you with me? It's, a, it's, it's be, uh, unbelievable how God can make things work. You know, listen to me, listen to me. I always think very deeply about, about life and I, I can't understand life because one of the things that, bo but, that bogged me a lot was every Sunday, every family has a chicken or two on their table. Isn't it right? And some poor, poorer people, don't, they don't buy meat. They even eat chicken in the week. Is that also right? So my thinking was, Vacuum all the wounds for now. Count the people in the land. Count the people in the country. Every family have a chicken on the table. Every day. Where does all the chickens come from? Now. That question didn't bother me so much. Then I looked and I saw, okay, they've got this fast-breeding chickens. Farmers have what you call fast-breeding chickens. 
It's like you, what we call commercial farming, not rural farming. In the rural, the chicken will take months, commercial, three days. Then I thought of the cattle. I'm a thinker. To think here, how long does it take for a, a cow to grow up? How long does it take for you to eat him up? You see what I'm... Now I'm trying to do mathematics. How many cows must there be? How many sheep must there be for everybody to eat? But then, until I started breeding with budgies myself. Actually, my son, my son bought two budgies and he left for America and he said, Daddy, look after these two budgies. And it wasn't long when I saw these two budgies fell in love. Yeah. The blue one is a male, the white one is a female. And I watched them as they started kissing, kissing, kissing. And not long they started mating. And, and I got excited because I was, I was sure there was going to be some babies. Then I look in the box and when I saw the first egg, I was happy. Hey! I found him, I said, your budgies is busy breeding. Then only two babies came. The other three eggs were either unfertilized or something. And then he told me, remove the eggs. He's guiding me from far. I'm a farmer. I'm a budgie farmer now. So I removed the egg. Right? Then those two birds grew nicely. I was excited. Then every time I look for the mother and I don't see the mother in the cage, I thought, oh, yes. It may school man no weer die deer opgemaakt en die badzie weggevlieg. But then after she had given birth, she was already lying more eggs for the second round. Yay! Then when those birds came out, the first ones wasn't grown fully. They came to attack the other ones. I had to make peace in the farm. So I had to split those ones and I had to keep this. And when those others jumped out, then she laid six eggs and all six came out. Then I understood there's power in this animal kingdom that you can never replenish them. So my, my son said, sell these budgies. I said, you can't sell. You know how hard it took me to raise them. But now the cage is overcrowded. And even as I'm speaking, there's more eggs now. Then I realize God has designed the world in this way. That the seed has great power. There were only two. Now there's 13. The cage is too small. That's why you saw us building a cage. Those who come here on a Saturday, we took the off-cut wood and I said, let's build a bigger cage because I'm not selling the birds. <laughs> but I don't know how long I'm going to last because did we? Yes, like. 
Hulle sê klaar nie, dan klim die mannekie weer op die wijfie. I think give her rest. So, one brother said, you must break the next round of eggs so that she gets a break. So I thought, I can't commit abortion. I can't. I can't. God is going to keep me. He's going to really keep me responsible. I can't kill. Thou shalt not kill. But then I realized what Genesis meant when he said, you see, the herb-bearing tree shall bear after his own kind. God, in his mighty power, has designed the seed. You must listen to me carefully. The tithe is a seed. You see, which you don't understand. Maybe I must just change my message and talk about the tithe as a seed. Because what happens is that the seed is so small. This is the mystery and the miraculous power of God. The seed is so small, you can't see it sometimes. You need a microscope. But in that seed, my God is locked up lungs, heart, kidneys, intestines, everything in, in something you can't see. You yourself, you were one of 40 million seeds. I read it this yesterday, so I have my mathematics right now. A, a, male, a male has to release 40 million seeds to impregnate a woman. But only one of the seeds makes it to the ovary. Is my doctor here today? Am I speaking correctly? Yes. I read, I read up on these things. But it's so small, you can't see it. You must put a microscope and then you can see this living. So you yourself, you were so small, you were, you were not visible to the eye. When you swam out of your father, down the tubes to your mother's womb, Ron, duck and fit. A man's with a cop in the pants. The miracle of God's design. Everything comes from the seed. Yeah. So I no longer worry about the chickens that you eat. Yetala, mama. Yetala. Yanyala sal nooit for God can klaar they will just produce more and more and more and more and more. The budget was my lesson. Jesus shall a plan moet maak. Sy moet die goed verkoop. Of sy moet kebabs maak van hulle op een stokkie. Of iets. But it's the power of the seed. Let me give you some more of that. But this is the non-tither. They plant the wind and they harvest the whirlwind. The planting. So every farmer knows, every farmer knows the law of the seed. Are you with me? Yeah. That if you, whatever you put into the ground will come back to you. Uh-huh. Lazy people don't understand that. They don't want to put anything in. That's why they cut. What do they sow? They sow the wind. And what do they reap? The whirlwind. I sowed apple seeds. I sowed budgie seeds. And I reap many more budgies. Are you listening to me? So if you sow nothing, you will reap nothing. The tithe is the first and primary seed that you sow because the Bible refers to the tithe 
as the first fruit. It's the first fruit. You have many fruits, but the first of your fruit, which is 10%, God designed it to give to you. Now, some critics try to make us understand this was for the Jewish people. You know, tithing is the law. Uh, okay, that's your argument. Then, then you must say every word of the, of the Lord, even the blessings, is also for the Jewish people, not for you. Don't claim these blessings of the Lord. You know how the Lord, the, you, uh, 10,000 shall fall at your right hand and 10,000, but it shall not come nigh near you because the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade. Hi! That's for the Jews, not for you. Don't pluck Psalm 91 on your car. It's for the Jews. If you argue that tithing is for the Jews. But if tithing is for the Jews, then the Jews are the richest people in the world today. And if it's working for them, surely it will work for you too. Hallelujah. They have planted the wind and they have reaped the whirlwind. Listen to this. The stalks of the grain wither and produce nothing. Let me, let me move away from that and let me just give you how this law is a seed. I think this is important. Hallelujah. Yeah. It activates the law of sowing and reaping. Glory be to God. In the beginning, God created the seed in living things, giving them the mysterious power to reproduce themselves. Seeds are mysterious. They have a plan and they have life hidden deep within them. They are small, but are the reason for all we see. Hallelujah. Every animal you see today comes from a seed. Every animal comes from a seed. Lions live in the zoo for 20 years and in real life they live for 8 years. So they've not been around longer than many of us, but they are there. Where do they come from? It's the miracle of creation. Hallelujah. Creation happened many, many years ago when God created the heavens and the earth, but he left with us the miracle of the seed. Glory to God. And this is what stains the creation. In other words, in other words, listen carefully. God made the heavens and the earth and he made the beast and he made the field. So tomorrow God don't have to make another lion. No. He left us the seed. Come on now. He made us once. He made Adam and Eve. And after that, seed. Glory to God. And this is the power that God has left with us. The power of the seed. And this sustains the creation. It produces every living thing around you. We must understand how the seed works because the seed contains the miracle power of growth and reproduction. Are you listening to me? Now we talk about seeds of plants and trees. But the Bible says there are other seeds also. Your money can be a seed. Say amen. Your gift can be a seed. Say amen. Actually, Mike Murdoch says, your whole life is a walking, you are a walking bag of seeds. Yeah. 
He says your whole life is a seed. What you do is what will come back to you. Yeah, what you do. You must understand it. I read a story of, uh, I'm sure it was one of Bishop's books. He said they were playing golf. They were playing golf. And when the guy wanted to hit the ball, one of the pastors, some group next door was making fun of this pastor. So the pastor couldn't really play well. You know, when people laugh at you, you can't play well. So after a while, the groups crossed. In golf, you walk past one another all the time because you play on the hole next door. Then when you move on, we come to that hole. That's how golf works. So the pastor, after the third hole, he couldn't play well. Then he left his clubs and he went over to those guys. And when he came back, he started to play better. So the bishop asked him, but what did you go and do to that people? He said, I sorted them out. I told them I didn't appreciate the way they were performing while I was going to hit my first ball. They distracted me. And I blasted them. Then Bishop said, the words he said after that made him, real, made him think deeply about the seed. He said, because I never do that to people. I've never sown such a seed. I don't deserve such a harvest. Are you with me? So, if I had done this to others, I must take my cry what I created. But I am not so that I will go to So, the law of the seed, it's, sowing and reaping is not just with plants, animals and things. It now comes to our lives. It now comes to inanimate objects, like money, like anything, like a smile. You give a smile. Others will smile back at you. Ah, you give friendliness. Others will be friendly to you. You are kind. Others will be kind to you. You serve me. Many will serve you one day. That's the law of the seed. It reproduces after its own kind. Amen. And even though money is a lifeless object, it contains the same mysterious power of a seed. And this is when Paul said in Corinthians 9 verse 6, listen, put it in NLT, maybe it, it will make sense. I have it in the American Standard Bible here on my notes. Now this I say, you so sparingly will reap sparingly. He's, he's talking about money, but he's referring to the money as a seed. As you know, Samuel, my... I don't know if you have to say, but you have to say, Amen. Kijk, moet van jullie arm moeder man. Zoek mensen wat die 500 rand kijken gaan vat voor die concert. Hmm. He says, those who sow sparingly will reap sparingly, and you who sow bountifully will reap bountifully. Each one must do just as he purposed in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Now listen to the blessing. God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in everything, yay, you may have an abundance for every good deed. As it is written, he scattered abroad, he gave to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Amen. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your 
righteousness. NASB. Beautiful. Ladies and gentlemen, non-tithers, every time when you give your tithe, you are sowing a seed into the house of God. And when you give your tithe, you activate the law of sowing and reaping. Tithing Christians therefore fulfill very important laws of sowing and reaping. And they create wealth for themselves. Are you listening? But in order for you to reap something, you must plant something. Number one, you must plant something. Five minutes and I'm close. You must plant something. Say, plant something. Jesus said in John 12, 24, If a corn of wheat falls into the ground, it will die and it abideth alone. But if it die, it will bring forth much fruit. Hallelujah. So this first law of sowing and reaping teaches that you must plant something. You must give something to get something back. Hallelujah. If you didn't sow anything, you can't expect anything. If you only sow the wind, you will reap the whirlwind. And the less spiritual you are, now many of you here might be sitting here, you're not spiritual. So the less you will, you will correlate things that happen to you with seeds you have planted in the past. You, 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 you think somebody's just rude to you. You don't know it's a seed that you have planted that's now coming back to haunt you. Amen? Yes. You must see life through the, through the eyes of sowing and reaping. Glory to God. Every farmer does this. Whether you like it or not, we are dealing with seeds in everything we do. And you can expect a harvest when you plant a seed. Praise God. And when you pay your tithes, which is 10% of what you get, you are, you are sowing a great seed. And it opens the door for you to be financially blessed. Hallelujah. Now, you must sow something. Number two, you must plant it in good ground. Amen. The Bible says in Matthew 13, 8, the others fell into good ground and brought forth fruit. Some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. I can see some people of you being very blessed just by virtue of sowing your tithe into the ground here. Amen. Because not seeds don't grow everywhere. Pineapples don't grow in Cape Town, if you didn't know. I think they grow in Durban because they need what we call a subtropical climate. We don't have that climate, so it doesn't grow well. Oranges can't grow here in the Cape. We must go to Shatrasdal, isn't it? Because of the weather there. Uh-huh. So not all seeds grow everywhere. But you must look for a good church and plant your seed there. Glory to God. If you plant your seed in a dead ministry that has departed from the scripture, don't expect a good harvest. You must also plant a large amount of seeds. Number three, plant a large amount of seeds so that you can reap. Because not all seeds 
germinate. Not all eggs hatch. Some eggs don't germinate. Some seed never grows. So you need to plant large amounts. Farmers who plant only few seeds, they'll have a small crop. Farmers who plant many seeds, they'll have a big crop. Glory to God. So every time you give, see life as a, through the eyes of seeds and reaping and sowing and reaping, sowing. And every time I give to someone, I'm giving because someone is going to give to me one day. That's how I see life. Yes. When every time I bring to the church my tithe, obviously I can't tell you everything the tithe does. The tithe does so many things for you. I can't tell you everything in the short time. But you all know that the tithe, the tithe rebukes the devourer for your sake. Yeah. There's two things that tithe does. It rebukes the devourer and it stops uh, the one that destroys what you have. Amen. It's not that your money can't help you. You, you wonder why you, what you earn can't fix all your problems. It's because it's like water that you put in a bucket but there's holes in your bucket. The, the holes is the devourer. It's eating your money. But when you give a 10% to God, what happens is, listen, it's simple. If I have a bucket with holes and I have a bucket with no holes, I need less water in my bucket with no holes to fill my bucket quick. Your bucket with holes, you need a lot of water because as the water is coming in, many, most water is running out. That's what happens when the devourer is part of your life. Now you say, no, forget this giving. We must just work hard. Hard work helps. But without God involved in your life, you will never prosper. I'm going to know people who work hard, but they're still poor. He got vroeg in the night to work. He worked too. He came later in the night. But he took it by you. He said, he took a text on your hook by the pallets. So did hard work make him rich? You see, you must understand genuine wealth I'm talking about, real wealth, is when God gets involved in your life and he says to you, make a covenant with me. Everything I give you, just give 10% to show me that you love, you trust me and you believe I am here. Yeah. Your neighbor will not give 10% to me. Don't worry, there's holes in his bucket. And as more as he gets more money, he thinks he must just get more money to solve his problem. One guy told the pastor, I can't come and work for you. I must drive Uber on a Sunday. I need to earn more money. And then one day by accident, he scratched another man's car. You know? So he was a very honest brother, but he's not coming to church anymore. He says, I don't know what he said. I don't know what he So he wrote his, his num phone number and he plucked it on the car where he scratched this car. And he left. He never heard from the people for years, for, for months, sorry. Then suddenly the police came to arrest him. There was a hit and run 
talk it opened against him. He said, no, it's not a hit and run. I'm an honest man. I put my number on the scratch of that car. They said, no, they phoned this number every time, but this is a, you were one, one digit at the end. The water fell on it, so we couldn't make out, so we were trying and guessing, but it didn't work. So you must now pay this man for the car that you scratched. You must come to court and explain the hit and run problem and pay all the fees that the lawyers were involved in to find you. He said to the pastor, yeah, all the khyal that I make for Sundays is now all going to this problem. I should have rather come to church and put my tithe in the offering than the devourer would not have eaten all my money. The devourer and the one that rebukes. Amen. I must use another example. But I didn't want to offend people, so I'm always struggling with examples. But maybe Dennis won't mind if I use him. Dennis, stand. Where's Johan? I was hoping to use Johan, but he's not there. But Moses, stand next to him. Where's, oh, there's Johan. There's Johan. Come. These are brothers-in-law. Come. These are brothers. These are, I'm finishing. My preaching is ending. I want to show you the power of the devourer. Yeah. Now, this brother, the devourer is working in his life. This is an example, okay? Here the Lord has stopped the devourer. Amen. Now, the devourer in his life is called metabolism. Say metabolism. You see, all the food he eats is being devoured by metabolism. Yeah. So, in other words, as he eats, the food is going away. But the Lord has blessed this brother. So metabolism is not eating his food. So this brother is becoming prosperous. Do you understand the story? Because the devourer has been rebuked. This one, the devourer is all over him. Does he look prosperous to you? He's thin, he's poor, he's got nothing. But he has prosperity. Wideness, broadness, fatness of the earth. The Lord promised the fatness of the earth. That's if you are tired. You can go, you can go. Clap for the poverty. It's an example. Come here, John. Father, I, 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 I just break that curse over him in Jesus' name. Sometimes my examples come true. Non-tithers have nothing to harvest because they've sown the world wind. Non-tithers, they don't attract a blessing on their lives. Yes. Non-tithers are poor because they are cursed. In Malachi 3 verse 10, you will be cursed. Bring, Malachi 3 verse 10, bring the tithes to the storehouse then they, that there can be meat in the house of God. And prove me now, said the Lord of hosts, yes, that I will open the windows of heaven for you and pour on you a blessing. Say blessing. You're going to get a blessing. Say amen. amen. And it will be so much, as Brother Scooby said, there's not enough room to contain it, so it has to go to the sides. Don't look at the fat person anymore in a negative way. It's the prosperity of the Lord that make rich and add no sorrow.
Yes. Now in Malachi 3 verse, verse 8 and 9, it says, Will a man rob God? You have robbed me. And then you say, well, how have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. Verse 9, You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, this whole nation, my God. It is time to bring something that can stop the curse. Amen. We already suffer under the curse of Adam. We suffer under the curse of Noah. We suffer under the curse of our fathers and our grandfathers and our great-grandmothers who did wrong. Don't, let, don't still let another curse come on you. The curse of not giving the Lord's portion. It brings curses. Amen. Non-tithers become poor because devourers eat their wealth. Mercy. Devourers eat their wealth. Non-tithers become poor because the fruits of their field are constantly destroyed. Yes. And then they become poor because they lose their fruits before they get a chance to harvest. I'm finished. They lose their fruits before they get a chance to harvest. Now, some of you come to this church from other churches. You might not have reaped this type of, or you might not have received this type of teaching. So you are not a tither. You were never a tither since you were young. So you really struggle to tithe. But I have in my church a lot of people who have received this teaching, who has believed the word of God, and that are prospering. Yeah. And I, I wanted to ask some of them to tell you if what I am saying as a tither is true or not true. Does God open the windows of heaven on your life? Do you find favor with God because you obeyed God like Jacob who was lying at the place of Bethel and the Lord said, I will protect you. He said, Lord, if you protect me, if you provide for me, if you bless me with everything you give me, 10% I will bring to you. And the Lord blessed Jacob. He left with nothing from his father's house. When he came back, he couldn't come back with one go, he had to divide all his prosperity so that they could cross the river in parts. Are you listening to me? Yes. So, Tashley, come forward. I want to call some people who are... She just told me yesterday. I was so blessed. She received now. She's now... She just started working less than two years, one year. Two years, yeah. And then they called her and said, you must apply for senior post in the city of Cape Town. And then she told me she doesn't qualify. She doesn't qualify. She does not know why they have suggested her. I said, look, you sacrifice your time in the house of God. You give your 10% since you earn very little I even think when she was a student, they get this Nisfas monies. Jevon does the same. Virgil does the same. They are being taught from young. Give 10% of everything to God. Oh no, somebody blessed me with a thousand rand, pastor. No, no, no. You don't say like that. Somebody gave me a 900 rand for myself. The other 100 is for God. Oh, it's for God. It's for God. 
So she went for interview, and I said, no, you will, you will, you will receive it. It's yours. Because, not because I say it as a prophet, because God promised in His Word that the devourer won't eat you, and you'll be promoted like Daniel and the other sons very fast. So yesterday she told me, they, they informed her, senior. Then I asked her, what is above senior? And she said, something, something. Principal. I said, you will soon be a principal. You see, the same law that worked for her to, to bring her here will take her very high. Yes. He said, the, the, the Pharaoh said of, of, of Daniel, sorry, the king said of Daniel, you are second in command over everything. So shall you be second in command of everything. By tithing. Um, where's Bevan? Come. Young boys. This one did practical work. Isn't it? Practical work. Not even a university college. But when he came to the church, we, we taught him, you must give 10% of everything. He started to bring 10%. Then got a nice job. Uh, these are tithers. I, I want to take my tithers one day all on a nice dinner. I never used to do that, but then I think, no man, these people are, obe are obedient to God, and by their obedience, the church can be blessed. So now he also got promotion, this guy. Is it right? He's a senior. He was found, he's young. He was found in the trenches, making holes. And then the boss came and said, this guy, he's a foreman, he's not supposed to be, but look at his, his, uh, his humility. Digging trenches, helping the boys. You must make an application for senior. He said, he said but I don't qualify. I just started. He said, look, there's something about you. You see, this is what I'm talking about. The law of sowing and reaping and God's blessing on your life that lifts you higher than, your, than the peers. Stana Langsa promotion. Where's the other one? You also pro There are many sitting here that receive promotion. Give them a mic. That receive promotion that receive advancement, whose monies don't stay the same. These are probably all the pastors around me, they are all tithers. I'm looking specifically for someone in this church who was not a tither, and eventually after my teaching decided, let me try tithing and then can say, are oh, you prospered? I'm looking for such a one. Now, I don't always have such people because the youngsters that were with me, they, they started tithing from school. Isn't it right? I never had this opportunity to tithe. I wasn't taught like this in my church. But when I came to the revelation that tithing is my door to prosperity, I started to tithe. And so I'm blessed. Now, it won't always come to you in money. It comes to you by the Lord stopping other expenses coming out of your life. How many of you get money, but there's nothing left at the end of the month? What is happening? The devourer is eating your money. All of you get paid and there's never anything left to give. You see? That determines who's really wealthy and who's not. Not how much you get. You can get a, a 50,000 a month, but if there's nothing left, you didn't get much. The devourer has taken all your money. Uh-huh. But you can get little. And the devourer doesn't eat. I cannot, I possibly could not afford to send my son to study in the United States of America. 
the, the, the school fees there in South African ran is 1.4 million over four years. 1.4 million. Where did I have the money? Now, I didn't have the money in cash, but the university said he's exempted from paying the money. So in other words, I was actually given 1.4 million for him to study there at that place. You don't understand, but you'll get it one day. You must, you must not be stingy and think that you're working out this little monies and God is going to make it, you're going to make it work for you. Don't let God work it out for you. Start a covenant with God. Say 10% of my earnings I bring to you according to your word, Lord. And see if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour out on you such a blessing. You cannot contain it. Yes. Testify is it true? I'll give your testimony. It's time for testimony. Amen. Yes. Um, greetings, church. It's true what Pastor said um, about um, the prosperity that is currently flowing over our lives. Through tithing. Um, through tithing. Yes. yes I remembered, um, I didn't look like this when I joined BMI. I was 12 years old. Smart, I eh? <laughs> I was 12 turning 13 and then um, we joined PMI and I remember one year in Excelsior, I'm not, I'm not, I don't really know the, the, the year, but the pastor said that it's time for the youngsters also to start tithing. And um, he said that we must also come to the front with our envelopes because normally we stood in front and then pastor would do a prayer. And since then I started tithing. I remember my first tithing was like 10 rand because from Nesfa's money, we, Nesfa's came through for us and then we used that, those monies to pay our tithes. And um, since then, um, I re the Lord really blessed my life. My first job was at Vodacom where I received the internship and... Um, Afterwards, and then the money started increasing when I um, joined Vodacom, and then the tide was a bit more. And then I remembered when I started with the city the first time, Pastor, um, the tiding also increased. And then the first thing I asked my mommy was, is this now netto gross? Because you're so used to giving little because you received little. But, and I normally gave crows, you know, the crows is the amount where no deduction of tax and every other medical aid. And my mommy said, no, you know, pastor said that cross is what you give and the measure you give is the measure you will receive. And um, you could feel like, you know, when you see your bank details and you say, yo, Monique, no soup, you give the cake. But I continued giving because the Lord blessed me when I had little and He gave me more. So I continued giving and um, the Lord really came through for me, Pastor. Um, it was two years ago. So you had little in the beginning, you gave 10%. That is then great. you got more and you got, still give 10%. I still gave now more. you're getting even more, but you still give 10%. I'm still giving my 10%, yes. Because in a mind, the 10% is not us. It belongs to God. You see, once you think that you, I belong to God. So God said to me, this is how I will bless you. I mean, think about it. God is explaining to you how he's going to bless you. And you argue with him, say, Nah, I think you will go back to the world. I'm going to give you a stick. He says, he's right in your head. He wants arms. He wants arms. He wants nothing. There's no other way. It's already laid down in the law of God. Bring to Him what belongs to Him and see 
that the windows will open. The brass will not be over your head anymore. Blessings. Now, don't say, how can I it? You see, now you're calculating again. You are using your own mind and you're not trusting God. You can trust Him in the nighttime. You can trust Him in the day. You can trust Him every moment of the way. Give Him, Greetings, church. Uh, I can say what Pastor is saying is true about... You were thin before, isn't it? <laughs> the devourer has been rebuked. Hallelujah. I can say it's true what Pastor is saying about the tithing. Um, the scripture says that, prove me now when you give your tithe. So I'm going to allow you, let's prove God in my life what he has done for me. So I started as an apprentice at City of Cape Town. Uh, I was living by my mother still. Uh, I had a car, but that car was by the grace of God because sometimes it starts and sometimes it doesn't start. I didn't have a beloved yet. So I told the Lord, okay, God, if you give me this apprentice's job, apprenticeship job, I promised you I'll make a covenant to you that I'm going to give my 10%. But you know, as Christians, we all go through that moment. You want to just make this covenant. Just when God gives you the job, then you forget about him. But ah. by the grace of God, I did not forget about the covenant that I made with him. Uh, then, by the grace of God, I started giving my tithe. I know it wasn't a lot. I think it was like, I can't say the amount now, but it was like three, three digit numbers, but it was small money. It wasn't a lot. And then I started, I got the beloved. Pastor Chris's daughter. And don't me. talk about the beloved. No, no, no. <laughs> I just want to explain to <laughs> I just want to explain to them. He's still on honeymoon, first year. Got the beloved. Uh, I know when you're a man, uh, you the provider of the house. So you try to think already with this small money, you must buy a house, you must provide for your wife and whatever. You think to yourself, Lord, this, I can't do this. So by the grace of God, I got a permanent job. I think my salary tripled in that time. I'm not sure if my salary tripled in that time. And then I gave even a bigger tithe. So then I told the Lord, Lord, you know this is still not enough to even provide because where my wife is coming from, she had a nice life. Let me say she had a, had a nice life. So I was trying to put her. I can't be there yet, but I'm trying just to be like close to where she, where she got, where I got her from. So then I told the Lord, this is not enough, Lord, but I'm grateful for what you have given me. Anyway, then... We got married. By the grace of God, I bought a house. Uh, then she moved in with me. My father bought a car. So we had two cars on the property, right? Then we spoke about it. We told each other, let's buy another car. But this car, we can't trust. The devourer is still on these, <laughs> on these two cars. So we had three cars. So the problem that we had was we didn't have parking space for any of them. Not the, enough space for the blessings. You will not be able to contain it. So we didn't have enough space to park the car. So I told her, let's sell the old two and just have one. But then she said, like, we're going to have problems with transport. But then the Lord provided even to give me a work bucket. They said, here's a transport. You can use it wherever you want to go. Not wherever, but wherever you want to go. <laughs> and then... To, now, work, to work and back so he doesn't need a car. They provided yeah. it. So now the Lord has... I'm so scared not to be in church that, you know, Sundays... When the people are working, I'm not here. Most of you guys won't know because you're not here on a Saturday, but some of you will know that when I'm not here, I'm at work. But during lunchtime, I try always to be here, even if it's an hour or two hours. And this month of last month was a bonus month for City of Cape Town workers. And I was looking at my salary. I was like, look where God has brought me from. Yeah. Like, even now, up until today, I'm scared to even give 10%. I always give, like, I'll make sure, like, I'm just making an example. Your salary is 1,000 rand. 
so you must give a hundred rand to God. I always give him eleven percent, like just to make sure that I'm not in debt to the Lord. So, by the grace come, of God, come. This is the beloved. Come. It's you, true. <laughs> are you a tither? Are you a tither? Tell us what tithing has done for you. Ramon, will you you also come? I'm looking for tithers that can really say what God does for them, so that it's not. I'm not preaching a message to get money out of you. If these people are lying, stone them. They are blessed people. Sorry. Yes. I am qualifying from my marriage, so I'm as blessed. But Dr. Mike Murdoch says you qualify for all the good things in your spouse's life, so I'm just piggybacking there. But I am a tither. I really, really, really believe in tithing. I believe in giving. Like um, Albert Ashley said, when we were very young, pastor would teach us tithe. Even if you were a little child at school, mommy gives you some money to go to the tuck shop. Bring 10% of that. Start learning when you were young. So in the week, I may not have a, a job testimony per se, but in the week, I was listening to a sermon by Bishop Dagg, and he was talking about renewing. So I just want to put on um, Revelation 21. Oh, no one's at the projector, but Revelation 21 verse 5. If we can please check the scripture. He was talking about the renewing in your life. I don't even remember the name of the sermon or anything. The spot just stood out for me. He said, you as someone that is a child of God and that's a giver to the house of the Lord, there will always be proof of renewal in your life. There will always be something new happening. So last week, Pastor said, those of us who want to pledge the money that needs to come to the, to the uh, card machines that want to give a huge substantial amount of money right there, right now, give it. And I had plans for a few things that I wanted to take care of at home and so on. But then when, when Daddy warned us Saturday, Sunday, I'm taking an offering right there, right then. Prepare yourself. I told my husband, forget about what we want to do. We are giving tomorrow. So I went and I gave. And I should read the scripture. And he that sat upon the throne said, behold, I will make all things new. And he said unto me, write, for these words are true and they are faithful. Now, you know, when you are at work and there's a commitment or there's a meeting that is held verbally, oftentimes my manager would always say, put it in writing for me. Send me an email. I want to see it because that is the dependable word that I'm going to go on. We can forget what happened in this verbal meeting now. But if I have that email, it's stated in writing. So here the Lord was saying, Put these words in writing. I will make all things new. So we gave towards the building. And every week when we come to church, every single week when we come to church, something is new in this building. There's either, I mean, this is not the first Sunday I'm actually seeing the tiles on the stage. There's always something new happening in Zion. And at home at my house, when I was just looking over the past few weeks, past few months, I told my husband, there's so many new things in our house. I haven't really focused on it really because we're always giving. We're always investing into the kingdom of God. But our house is looking so different now. It looks so new from when we bought yeah. the house initially. That's when you, the Bible says, oh, uh, count your blessings. You see, sometimes you don't see where the Lord has taken you and where you came. But you must look at old photos. Then in what the year of your noge doen. Are you with me? Give to her also because of time. Is a tither? Yes. Tell them how tithing has blessed you. 
Good day, church. Where's your husband? He's somewhere at the back, Pastor. Yeah. So, um, we joined the church in last year, and um, I can truly testify this morning that since we joined BMI, we have really seen the hand of God of our lives, and really the prosperity of God has been really great. Um, when we joined here, we immediately got the teaching about tithing and um, started tithing. At that time, I did not have a job, but I was self-employed. And um, I'm an admitted attorney, so I did law, and I'm still doing law. But for the entire duration of my self-employment, my biggest desire was just to help people. So I didn't really make a lot of money, and that was not really my... My aim was not really to make money, it was to help people. And then I got the opportunity to um, do a contract at Legal Aid South Africa. Now, Legal Aid is an organization that um, helps people who can't afford um, to pay for a lawyer. So I got the opportunity, I got the job, and when I saw the contract, I, I thought to myself, wow, look at this money. Now, remember, I'm not used to earning such a big amount, because I was self-employed, money was never really a priority. And I thought, wow, I'm gonna have to tithe now. It's, it's sometimes easy to tithe when you don't have to give a lot. To give a 10% of a thousand rand is a hundred rand, but to give a 10% of a substantial amount is like, I could have done something else with this money. But I still tithe and I was obedient to the word of God. And I'm really grateful for the teaching of this church and um, we sometimes joke about it, but it's the truth. Some, um, one of our um, cell members always says, faith is obedience, and obedience is faith. And through the exercise of our faith, tithing is something spiritual. Some people don't realize it, but it's a spiritual thing that we do. We're exercising our faith, and by being obedient, we are exercising this faith, and I'm really grateful to God. Pastor, while I was doing this contract, a permanent position became available. Now, I didn't qualify for this position, but I still applied. I applied for the position. Um, we got emails to say, but look here, these people don't qualify. I thought to myself, you can say what you want to say. I'm, I am applying for this job. And I went through the interview process. We did an assessment and everything. And I was up against people who were more qualified than me, who had more experience than me, were there for far longer than what I was, because I was only there for four months. But God's favor was on my life, and I believe it was because of my obedience. I also prayed, but like Pastor also says, we really get great teachings here. You can pray until you're blue in the face. You have to do what God wants you to do, and you must tithe. And I got the job. I'm now permanently employed. I earn even more money now. So I'm able to be a greater blessing to the church. And I really thank God for that. Is that true? You affirm tithe. Give him the mic. He hasn't spoken in the church yet. Is it true that tithing is, is, is real? God said, test me now. I will prove to you. Amen. Morning, church. It is the truth that pastor says, um, like... I also grew up in the church where um, tithing wasn't spoken about. And as growing up as a young man becoming and, you know, chasing a beloved, you, you go where, where she goes and you get more teachings. And um, I started tithing and 
I just don't have a qualification, like I have a, a, a diploma, yes, but it means nothing to me. Like going on and working and working and starting to, to realize what tithing does, I, see, I saw growth in myself and even where I am today, I, I, I could only thank God for the position I'm in and for the place where I'm working. I, I, I never thought I, I could be there and it's because of tithing and I'm still tithing because I believe I'm not stopping there. There's growth and I want to grow and by tithing I know Jesus is going to make a way. Greater things are yet to happen. Okay. Now, because of time I have to close. But I want to encourage all of you. There are some people who give. We appreciate all the givers. You know, we appreciate your giving. But I want you to come to the place where you are obedient to God and give 10%. You see, don't have the mind. God is looking at you. God knows everything. 10% is what we call a tithe. T-I-T-H-E A tithe, 10% It might be hard for you now Because that's the flesh But in the spirit If you know God is with you Then he will supply all your needs According to his riches in glory You really don't need money You need the blessing of God So when the window of heaven opens It's not money falling down Have you ever seen money fall from heaven? No Blessings will fall from heaven Blessings is, blessings is greater than money. Money is part of blessings, but it's, it's the blessing that you need. And these people are blessed. And I'm sure there are many others, but because of time, I couldn't use you all. But I know there are also many, because we look at the books, there are many in this church that do not tithe. And Pastor Chris is out. You see, you will never prosper. I want you to prosper. I was standing here and I heard what these people say. These are high, good earners. I always take them for meals. Is it true? Have I fed you before? But the way you're earning now is a thing. You guys must take some of us and take us for a meal. All the non Can we take the non-tithers for a big meal one day? She'll never be able to give because you don't trust God. But if you have sufficient, the Bible said it so clear, I will bless you so much. You will never lend, borrow from people, but you will lend to many. This is what is happening to these people. I told these people, don't, don't make your houses too big. You're going to move. This is only the start. You're going to start here and you're going to go to bigger places. God doesn't lie. Oh. God doesn't lie. My wife is a tither. My wife is more than a tither. I'm a tither. We give. Pastor Charlie is a tither. My high earners in this church are all tithers. So I'm saying to you, we don't need to ask for donations. Of, if we're all obedient, but because of the lack of obedience, sometimes the church is, is walking on a leg. I would like to put my banner up here. This is a 100% tithing church. You don't have to give the same as Jamie. You give according to what you have. God was so clever. He didn't say everybody must bring a thousand. And he said, no. You only have a hundred rand, then only give a rand. A ten rand, sorry. If you have a hundred, you only give a ten rand. If you have a thousand, you give a hundred rand. If you have ten thousand, you give one thousand. If you have a hundred thousand, which some of you will earn here in a, in, a, in a very few moments from now. 
God bless you for listening to this message. Remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind.